but scan has you... completed. Warning. Who's that? That's shocking. That, 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 that'll be. Fix issues what are you doing? These what are you doing to me? This is, the, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is why I turned my computer on 10 minutes before I needed to use it and it still wasn't ready. What the fuck is that Schneider? Amateur uh, hour. Amateur hour in the Edmonds house. My, you know, this is sorry. why we need to work out how we can do independent Skype calls so I can just mute the fool. Episode 14, week four of the NFL season. Um, Martin and Craig are joining me this week. No, Mark, he's off at some conference, I think. Um, not sure what you get up to at conferences, but he's probably doing it. You two lads went to the... No, well, Martin, you went to the International Series game this week, didn't you? How did you find it? I did, yes. Yeah, it was good. Very good. Um, tip, you know, Wembley, uh, very busy on the outside. You can't get a beer. And as I'll you know, probably go on to discuss a little bit more later when we talk about the game itself um again those club Wembley tickets uh, are worth every penny and Craig you uh you've had a week off of the football and and uh are you coming back to the pod refreshed ready to go after your bye week absolutely absolutely now it's been a I, I was actually really disappointed this will be the first year as well that I haven't been to a Wembley game um but I was, I was training Sunday so nothing I could do any any betting success? I I can tell you firsthand that I was let down by the Patriots at the Bills, and that that was the the, the high point of my accumulator this week. So Martin's still way out in front. Well, I, I, I'll start then, and I've I've had absolutely nothing. Um, my accumulator, uh, cards, and the Titans let me down. I had the Redskins, Broncos, Cowboys, all one. Um, and I had the Saints as well. So it's annoying because I thought the other two were, were, were better bets. But I'm I'm fighting a losing battle. Have I got two weeks two weeks to pull in 130 quid? Yes, yeah, it's, it's looking unlikely, yeah. isn't it? To be fair, it's looking very <laughs> unlikely. Um, Martin, come on then. I, I mean, I had, a, I, no, I had an accumulator the same. That um, Again, the pa- Patriots and the, the cards massively let me down. I thought they were the two of the, the nailed-on ones. And when I do my accumulators, I tend to try and go four games that I think are pretty certain and then take one coin toss. But, yeah, my nailed-on ones messed me up this week. But because um, I was at the game at Wembley, I decided to have a, a fiver's worth of sort of smaller bets on, on the scorers. I, had, I went for under 45 points because I was hoping I'd see more than that. So I figured, well, I'll quit on that and, you know, anything to, to lose. And hopefully I'll see more more points than that, which obviously I did. And then I thought, well, I backed um, or talked to a game against Frank Gore in recent weeks. So I thought I better bet on him. Otherwise, I'm going to, again, look look a bit silly. So I put a, a couple of quid on him to score with um, Robinson and then team to score with Robinson. I think it was another one with Frank Gore as well. So two of the the four came in, um, which I think netted about twelve quid. So I, I bet ten, about twelve. Um, so it's two pounds for for this week. So nothing massive. Uh, Martin, um, to keep you involved, you've got a quiz for us this week, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah, and um, hopefully this is going to touch on um, something we're going to speak on speak about a little bit later. Um, and this quiz is um, about good old OBJ and the. Uh, some of the troubles he's been having this year. He's not exactly off to a, a flyer with a, a massive 30.3 fantasy points so far this season. So I've got a, a list of uh, fantasy players' names here. And Craig, you're up first. Has Charles Sims 
got more or less points than OBJ this season? More. He has indeed got more. One right for you. Douglas, Jimmy Graham, has he got more or less fancy points than OBJ? Less, but marginally. <laughs> Incorrect. He has marginally more. 0.3 points more. Right then, Craig, the other Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, has he got more or less than OBJ? What's he played? It's got to be less. What do you have, for game and a half? Less. Correct, he's got more, 35.3 points. Douglas, the Seattle D, has the Seattle D got more or less points than OBJ? Less. They do indeed have less. They've only scored 30 points so far this season. Craig, Jacoby Brissett, the other Patriots QB, has he got more or less than OBJ? Less. He does indeed have less. Yeah, he's only scored 28.3 so far this year. Dougie, the tight end Delaney Walker, higher or lower? Lower. They are in, he has indeed got less. He's only scored 21.9 points so far this year. Craig, Jameson Crowder, the receiver over at the Redskins, does he have more or less than OBJ? I'm in your head, Craig. Don't get it wrong, mate. Yeah. He had a big play. Don't get it wrong. It's got to be just less. <laughs> Incorrect. He oh, has 31.6. 31.6. Oh, <laughs> 31. Douglas, New Orleans kicker, Will Lutz, does he have more oh. or less? Is this to win? Yes, it is, yeah. Three is all at He's got less. Less points. He does. He's only scored 30 yeah. points. Doug, Douglas, four. Craig, three. And Odell Beckham, if he were putting the, the rankings for kickers, he'd currently be 18th. <laughs> the 18th rated kicker in the league. He'd be the 32nd rated QB. The 11th rated defence. He's currently the 36th rated wide receiver. I mean, that's... I think yeah. the, only, the only way it's going to be up for, for that boy. He needs to get his head screwed on. Touchdowns every game if you pay for him first round. Otherwise, that is a bust. Yeah, Odell Beckham, a massive sort of... Um, a massive bust, really. And going into week five now, you'd, you'd have to say that his lack of form is affecting the, the, the Giants. And after the Monday night game, you've got to say that the Giants' start to the season has, has sort of petered out and, and they're amongst the also-rans now. But what what what's really apparent is that the Vikings are definitely, definitely for real. Yeah, and I, one of the problems it seems with, with Beckham is that he's a bit mental and his, head, his, his, his head's not in the right place. Oh, his head's in a place and that, that his head's firmly in his own anus. I mean, literally buried in his own anus. He's 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 believed the Odell Beckham hype, and and he fe- he feels like he's untouchable now, and it's the behaviour of a brat, really, isn't it? Yeah, he feels like the whole world's against him. He's got that massive chip on his shoulder now, but he hasn't performed enough to to warrant all the the hype around him, and it is damaging the team. I mean, Victor Cruz has come back, stepped up. No one expected him to be quite as good as he was. Sterling Shepherd's looked good, but the star of the show is is Beckham. Right now, it's about getting this boy to perform and perform well and perform consistently. You obviously cannot be fighting with equipment on the sidelines. You can't be having temper tantrums in front of all you, literally like a child. I, I, I think that he's clearly a talented guy, 
got so much ability. And actually, I think the Giants' next five years really depend on how well that boy plays. He might still have a slow few weeks, but that coaching staff, that organisation need to do something to get behind that man because he, he is the best player there. I mean, it says it all that we're we're here. We're talking about Odell Beckham when when the Vikings have literally put put the Giants to bed in no uncertain terms and are sitting at four and zero in a division that contains the Green Bay Packers and in a conference that contains the Cardinals who are faltering and and the Panthers who are faltering and we're not we're not we're not even talking about what they did. I mean, what they did and what they're doing is quite special at the moment. I think that partly with the Vikings is because. Without Adrian Peterson, who's the focal point of that organisation? You've got, there's not a JJ Watt on there, a JPP. There's no one that you're looking at and going, right, that is our superstar. We're pinning all of our you know, hopes and dreams on. As soon as AP went down, it's almost like the hype left the Vikings and they've quietly gone about their business and are now one of the you know, more dominant teams in the NFL. Sam, you can really see why... The defense, um, why the Vikings made the move for Bradford. We talked about that at the beginning yeah, of the year and, and asked some questions about what on earth are they doing? Have they overpaid? When obviously, clearly, they knew they've got a chance to win this year with or without Peterson, it would seem. We just need a quarterback who's going to do us okay, who's going to. He's going to pick up the playbook. He's going to be an immediate leader and not make mistakes. And he's doing that. That team is is, is a real, you know, just under the line. And if they can go like that for another three or four weeks, rack up another two or three wins. And that is a that is a team to be reckoned with, no doubt. Do we think a quarter of the way into the season that the Vikings are true contenders? Do you think they're going to be there in the shake-up at the end of the season? I think if Sam Bradford doesn't turn the ball over, I think, and they, over the next four weeks, manage to rack up another two wins, I absolutely think that, I mean, they're a playoff team anyway, um, but I think certainly, you know, two more wins over the next four weeks, and that is a, that's a team going deep for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking, they need to get just a little bit more out of their running game, they can't rely on Bradford too much, they obviously didn't get anything at all out of AP before he got hurt, and they're not getting anything much out in and, and Asiata at the moment either so I think if they can just find a bit of a running game then you look at that model they've got and it almost seems to be like a carbon copy of what the Seahawks did a few years ago you've got you know reliable QB play you've got an outstanding defense you just add that you add that running game and I think you've got you know this year's equivalent of the you know Legion of Boom Seattle team that we've, we've seen over the last few years yeah McKinnon seems to turn a bit of a corner Last night, he scored a touchdown, but yeah, they, they do need more out of that. I mean, a team that um, are getting more out of their running back of the Cowboys, it seems that Elliot has finally worked out the, that he's got an all-star offensive line in front of him and, you know, taking advantage of the 75 carries he gets every game. They Cowboys managed to hold the 49ers to just a field goal in the second half to wrap up. Fairly unconvincing win, would, would you agree? I don't. I don't think so. Um, I've got a vested interest. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm. A, I, I'm. I own Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm, I've given the fact that I've all my big name starters outside of Elliott. My uh, truck is firmly hitched to Zeke. Um, but you know what? I think. I actually think um, the game against the Niners showed 
Elliott growing into a running back. I, I'm not so sure. And I said it before. I'm not so sure this offensive line is as good as we have deemed them to be. Um, what I did like is Elliot shaking a tackle, putting his foot in the ground, making the right cuts, making the right reads, some great play on pass pro, which is a good thing for fantasy players because it means he's in the game. Um, I, I, I really like the Cowboys at this stage. We talked about the Niners the other week uh, and questioned, is that defense back? Well, you know, Zeke was able to run all over him. And I, I, I think that the lack of a big play and no dares is obviously going to hurt anyone. But moving down the stretch, you've got to start asking, is Romo going to come back in? Because Dak Prescott is is, is doing, the, doing the business at the minute. It's not a bad situation at the Cowboys. I mean, one of the things you're saying about the O-line is um, Lyle Collins just got placed on IR, didn't he? Their, mm-hmm. um, their left guard. So you've got one of the one of the superstars, but I mean it shows the depth in that the starter they had from a couple of years back is now the replacement. So you've got essentially a, a starting caliber alignment coming for a guy that's been put on IR. And I think that's probably his his season done. He had surgery or whatever it was on his toe. What we've seen, I think, is just progress. He's come in. We saw he had the tools to do the job. But he's just learning how it all works at a game that's played at a slightly different pace. And as for the Dak Prescott, Tony Romo thing, as soon as Romo's fit, he's coming back in there. You know, it's, it's Romo's team. He'll, he'll, he'll be back as, as soon as he can be. Would it make sense for the Cowboys to start listening to offers for Tony Romo? You talk about that team, America's team. They have not won the NFL in many, many years. This is not a team that has won anything recently. Do they get as much as they can for Romo and let the young boys give it all they got this year? It would be someone in a Minnesota Vikings-esque situation whereby you've had a catastrophic injury to your starting quarterback at the beginning of the season or pre-season and you've got window you can see closing. That situation, I can see them getting something for him, but it needs to be a very, very specific circumstance for it to work by that token, you are saying there are no teams currently within the NFL who need quarterbacks, and there's the, you're never going to get anything from him later. There are, to me, there's there's no value in in trading any asset for Tony Romo because he's got one, maybe two years left, and both of those years are going to going to be injury affected. Doesn't matter if 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 a team needs a quarterback, they're not going to mortgage the the farm for for an injury plagued thirty five year old well, bloke. The Vikings played a first round, never been successful, Sam Bramford. Yeah, no, no, it's, yeah, I'm not saying, but it's because the circumstances were such. They knew that they, they've yeah, got there are no the other teams there's no, there's, there's no there's, other teams. There's no other teams in the Broncos. No, but the Denver Broncos, Broncos have shown that they can win with Trevor Simeon or they're, they're Paxton Lynch. They don't need to mortgage a farm because they're not reliant on a quarterback to win the matches. I'm not saying mortgage the farm. I'm saying, can they, what can they get? It is a, yeah, I'm saying they won't I'm, get more than the seventh I, I, rounder. There's no, they wouldn't I, get. I, I think there. I think if you put it on the table, I think there are at least ten teams who would be sniffing around. So what? What would you pay for it? I reckon a, a second or a third rounder, it, depending on the situation. I think Martin makes a good point. I think that the, the, it has to be situation. But Tony Romo is a better quarterback than Sam Bradford. But would Tony Romo? wants to go anywhere else. If the Cleveland That's Browns come knocking and he looks to go, hang on a minute, do I want to get the shit kicked out of me behind some utterly rubbish O-line? 
I'm not going to last a week, let alone a season, he would probably, I, I would hope, go, look, you know what? If it's not an opportunity to win one, I'm better off riding off into the sunset and saying, you know what, I've, I've, had, a, I've had a good career because I don't need to be getting killed and end up in a wheelchair behind some rubbish O-line like RG3. I don't think any team that's finishing 7 and 9, 9 and 7, 10 and, 10 and 6 are, are going to be interested in Romo in the slightest. Moving on, the Falcons gave us a show-me performance this week against the Panthers. Um, that game, I mean, listen, I am still very, very surprised at the success of the Atlanta Falcons. I think I said it, I, I can't, I'm not sure who I said it to, but that offense is arguably the best offense in the league. And outside of Big Ben and Antonio Brown, is there a more explosive, dangerous, twosome than Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? I mean, that, that team is absolutely on fire. Um, but to be able to go beat that defence. I, I, I like the Falcons. I really do. Uh, there probably isn't a more dynamic twosome, but they don't show up often enough. And <clears throat> you, you would probably, and, and Atlanta would probably trade one 300-yard game for Julio Jones to get three or four 100-yard games, you know. But too often with Julio Jones, it's massive week followed by nothing, followed by nothing, followed by a massive week. And while I do agree that that offense is fantastic, I don't think it has the consistency or hasn't hasn't at least shown that this isn't something we haven't seen before. One of the things I was um, thinking about this game and this score is not so much what have we learned about the Falcons, but what have we learned about the Panthers. I'm, I'm looking at this game thinking more, have the Panthers been found out as not the dominant team that we saw last year and... Too much has been expected of Super Cam, and he, he can't carry that whole team. What you've got to love about Julio Jones and the, the Falcons' offense and that situation is, is when Julio isn't playing well, they're still scoring points. They've got some form of a running game. They've got guys who can take it and catch it out of the backfield. And, and Ryan making the correct decision. So... Whereas last year, if you were able to double and triple cover Julio, the Falcons didn't have anything else for you. This weekend, Falcons-Broncos will give us a real good picture about where the Atlanta Falcons are. I, I, I remain to be convinced by the Falcons. This time last year, it wasn't Julio Jones and Matt Ryan we were talking about. It was Devonta Freeman. He went off the Richter scale, didn't he? Scoring loads of touchdowns and then... As has happened in the last few years with the Falcons, they just sort of faded away into obscurity. And I'm not entirely convinced that the Panthers are a bad side. I just think maybe they came up against the Falcons teams with their tail up and, you know, it can happen. If the Falcons look like the Falcons of this week against that defence, then I think they're in the conversation. Um, just a quick word on the Steelers. They put my Chiefs to the absolute sword. sword I guess after the Steelers performance last the week previously I guess that was kind of on the cards I guess um, and the Chiefs aren't a good team when they need to chase they're a good team they're very much um, they're, they're front runners they like to be in front and if they're in front they control the game and, and when they have to chase a game they're, they're not the same team I think the the, the big thing about the, the Steelers we, I mean it's early doors and we've talked about a number of teams who are looking like 
they've uh, you know they've got a good chance. But certainly in that in that um, in the AFC North and, and potentially in the AFC itself, the Steelers are one of the stronger sides. And you've got the addition of Le'Veon Bell. Um, it, I mean that is a that is a strong strong side, and it shows you it's it's really difficult to gauge because after watching Chiefs do what they did to to, to, to my Jets and to then watch them get absolutely dicked on by the Steelers, it is really hard to place where the needle is at the moment. Um, and it seems that you know elite players and elite play will have success. I mean, to my to my point, the the Chiefs were thirty six nil down going into the fourth quarter. It's just not a team that chases well. And Alex Smith to have attempted 50 passes, you know, that says all you need to know about that offense. Just under 10 yards a pass, 287 yards on 30 attempts. So, um, yeah, a lot of dink and dunk. Pats against the Bills, um, humbling for the for the Patriots. I mean, that they must be thanking their lucky stars that Brady's band's over. I feel a bit sorry for for. Um, Brissett, I don't think he was given a fair crack of the whip, really. I think they protected him too much. I think that one of the things we saw there is the team that they put together for Brissett to manage is one that can't do it from from behind. And much like you're saying about the, the Kansas City Chiefs, that that's something that some teams have built that way. And the Patriots have got a good D. They've got Gary Blunt in there to run the ball they're not going to want him to do too much. And they were successful with him in those games. They didn't ask him to do too much for just that reason. And I think that this one is one where the game got away from a little bit. They made some horrible mistakes on special teams, dug themselves a bit of a hole. The Bills got their noses in front, and then that's just bad news for the Pats. I've got a potential conspiracy theory. This is going to be bollocks, isn't it? This is going to be utter bollocks. Let's just say um, we all know I'm not Bill Belichick's biggest fan. Is there an argument? Is there an argument to suggest that losing that game in that fashion is a positive thing for the New England Patriots? No. That's not how Belichick works. Belichick, so, Belichick's brain operates consider, in ones uh, and zeros. Uh, uh, well, exactly. And so let's consider... You have, uh, well, a, a, a number of unknown or rookie quarterbacks who have somehow managed to have some reasonable success. You've got a situation in Dallas in which a rookie quarterback has had some success, and we've already discussed it on our pod today around the start of returning. If the Patriots go and batter the Bills, one, they're a question of, you know, does he or doesn't he? Probably, obviously not. Brady comes back in. However, if you get a bad result, one bad result over the next three or four weeks, is there then a clamour for somebody else coming back in? Not only that, but we've seen the Pats not deal with that 16-0 position before. Does it make sense to get a loss out, not have no questions, not have any worries about Brady? Everyone... Re- lowers their expectations of the New England Patriots and they go on a very dominant run. My, my biggest problem with that is it's him choosing, <laughs> is, is choosing Rex Ryan to do that against. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think the... that he would, he would struggle <clears throat> to you know, give it to Rex. I mean, I'll put it past him no, to be I mean... devious enough to look at that and go, you know what? 
we, we almost want to come out of this one and three rather than four and oh. Because then when Tom comes back, the expectation is we're going to win all the rest. And then we've seen what that does. Let's, you know, avoid that show down the line and watch the pressure build as it gets to 14 and 0, 15 and 0, 16 and 0. Just, just no. His brain doesn't work like that. He only understands winning. Um, do, do you know you know, you know him personally, Doug? <laughs> well, I've I've listened to enough of his press conferences to know that his brain doesn't work like that. But equally, it's not. So you're much you're saying that I know I know like my what I'm saying is wrong because I don't know him personally, and you're sitting there cooking up conspiracy theories, wearing a tinfoil hat. I, 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 Jesus I'm Christ! Just talking, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just playing out of there for. for, for no, a it's, it's, it's not so much about whether or not he would try and lose, but it's how hard he would try to win. I don't obviously think, Gronk was exactly. being held back a bit. I just don't and, think... And whether or not he did enough to... I just don't think anyone in the I'm NFL... I don't I think, think anyone in the NFL thinks... Like, I, don't, I don't think any professional sportsman would ever think, or anyone that ever played sport would think, do you know what, let's lose today. I definitely 100% think players, coaches, NFL teams have thought, yes, let's lose today. Not not <laughs> four weeks com- into the season when they're unbeaten. Uh, I, hey, listen, I'm, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put anything past Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm just chucking out there for the for the sake of discussion. Would it would it surprise me? Fuck no. Bill Belichick will do anything. Losing one game in the regular season means nothing if it means he can provide an environment to win the big one at the end. I think, Martin, the point you make is a good one. Can he stomach giving it to Rex and listening to Rex? But then maybe, you, you know, you let the chimp dance and you clap hands. You know, it doesn't, no skin off my nose. So let's wrap up the roundups, Martin. You you obviously went to Wembley this week. I was otherwise engaged, as was Craig. So you were the only person that was available to, to go. How, how did it go? What was it? Another typically, it... typically Wembley, turgid atmosphere full of... People in their mid-30s wearing football shirts. I thought the atmosphere was good for this one, actually. There's far too many Odell Beckham jerseys amongst the... That, that seems to be the uh, the fan favourite these days. Probably, probably more... Yeah, probably more Beckham jerseys than uh, Brady jerseys, which is usually the uh, the uh, the pick of um, the wow. jerseys when you go up to, to Wembley. But um, the scoreline finished 30-27 to the Jags, and it was never, ever, ever as close as that. It, and it didn't ever feel like the game was close. The Colts threw a, a pick, I think, on their second series, and the Jags take the advantage of the short field, score a touchdown, score another touchdown. So they trade touchdowns for field goals in the first half. And then that leads. The Colts just never, ever felt like they were going to back into the game. And, and it was taking advantage of those opportunities with what the Jags did well. And I know a lot of people have been piling on Blake Bortles, but he was pretty efficient running one in and, and throwing two more when, when a bad day at the office. I, only, I was just going to say that that was Blake Bortles' fourth career first quarter touchdown, which is... uh scored a know, lot of points in garbage time. That's some stat, isn't it? <laughs> so did Andrew Luck, did he toss a touchdown in the fourth quarter to tie or was he still three points behind? It was to be three points behind. They had, they had the ball at the end with driving in order to either kick the game-time field goal or touchdown. But they, and it, when I say it didn't feel close, it always felt like the Jags were trying to throw it away rather than the Colts chase the game. Does that make sense? When you've got a 17-point lead, some of their play calling, some of the mistakes that were made, 
just really felt like it was an implosion of the Jags rather than the Colts getting good and getting some momentum. It just felt like one team was trying to lose and the other team just didn't know how to win. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, that makes absolute perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and, and when you look at the production of, of both teams, I mean, they were almost identical. It, it was really down to sort of the mistakes in that they both had 23 first downs each, identical. 11 of them were passing, identical. Seven rushing, identical. And five penalties. They took advantage and scored touchdowns. The Colts got field goals. And then it just ran away from them. And then the Colts, then, sorry, the Jags tried to try to lose it at the end. So step, stepping away from the game, what was the experience this year? Is it any different? Have they pulled any more stops out? Is, I mean, what was the halftime entertainment? Did they have any of that, you know? It was very much the same experience as before, though it, it, it very nearly ended up in my any other business because one of the things that Wembley truly, truly fucked up this year, and it was that... At the end, if you, and again, it goes back, I absolutely recommend the um, Club Wembley tickets. You get to stay in the stadium for an hour after the end and everyone else gets herded out like cattle down to the, the tube station, which absolutely worth its weight in gold. But this year, they didn't have any of the football on the tellies in the bar. What? So, exactly. We were there, finish the game, come out, have a beer, look up, look around. Well, there's no football on these tellies. There's about 40 TVs in the bar. And not one of them are showing any of the games that kicked off at six o'clock. We need to get ah oh, that that would make sense actually. We need to get on a Twitter mission with Wembley, but Sky obviously didn't cover this game, did they? It was just a BBC only. For they didn't cover this game, but they'd have, but they'd have, yeah, but then BBC, but it would have been the Sky games on the telly. Yeah, but if Sky, maybe there was some political thing where Sky, because they weren't the broadcaster, they they just said, "Well, look, if we're not doing it, fuck you," you know. (laughs) Which which is what, which which was my guess, and it was one of the things that really kind of put a bit of a down on the end end of the end of the day. You've watched a pretty decent game of football, you've been entertained for a few hours, you've had a few beers, you think, you know what, I'm going to feel very smug here, watching a bit of football, have a beer while everyone else is, you know, stands out there, gets piled into those. Absolutely crammed. Tubes. Yeah, it's uh, it's like, just a big it's, it just, it's just a big fuck you to all the fans, isn't it? <laughs> like you've yeah, paid extra for your tickets, but fuck you because you're just a fan. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be some kind of Twitter mission or something to to yeah. bang on them to make sure they don't make that mistake for the um, the Bengals Redskins game. Right, boys, we need to move on. We're 45 minutes into recording and we haven't got to the fantasy corner yet. So why don't we have a stroll? So, yeah, the big news this week on the corner is that um, Julio Jones, 36 points, if you add him. 300, nice. There's nothing that pleases me more as a bloke who has quite severe mental issues than somebody who scores a, a nice round 300 yards. It's quite perfect. 300 yards and a TD for Julio Jones. And Matt Ryan, not quite as uh, perfect with 503 yards, but 71 points between the two. If uh, you twinned up on those two, you're doing all right this week, aren't you? No, I was going to say, the, the only thing I re- remembered from that game as well, wasn't it a 75-yard, the touchdown came right at the very, very last catch of the day. He hadn't had a TD. He had like 170 yards about a TD. Or yeah, whatever. and it's 225 yards without a TD. Yeah. And then yeah. he scores a 75-yard touchdown. 
at the end to round everything off beautifully. And okay, that would have been a pretty decent day at the office, fantasy wise, but all of a sudden it goes from pretty good to, you know, absolutely stellar, which is literally half of this season's points for him in that game. Huge performance as well from Michael Crabtree in the win over the Ravens, um, putting his more, well, not famous, but more celebrated receiving partner into the, into the wilderness, really. Um, 88 yards, but three touchdowns for Michael Crabtree. He's just a red zone target now, isn't he? he, he he's not, they're not all 50-yard bombs and things, which, but he is just the guy to go to. You know, them really much of a tight end threat there. They, you know, they haven't, Latavius Murray's doing all right. But when it comes to being within scoring distance, it's clear that Carr trusts that man in the end zone and will just chuck the ball at him no matter what. Could you name me a running back? This week, that scored 19 points, that isn't Demarco Murray, Ezekiel Elliott, Isaiah Crowell, or Matt Jones. 19 points. Pretty good there. The opposite. Um, Did it Murray get in the end zone? Was it? Yeah, I'd say he said not Murray. I mean, not he, Murray, he, Murray, Murray scored chose... 23 points. There is a, a running back. Yeah, and I'm almost certain you won't get it, but he scored 19.2 points this week, and he is available in the Wonkers League. Fuck off. Yep. Darkwell. No, no, not Darkwell. I, I own Darkwell. He scored 10 points. Let me put you out of your misery. Not Darkwell, yeah. It was John Coon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had two He's a fullback, technically. He had yeah, a, a total of 12 yards... And three yeah. touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> that is a day at the office, isn't it? Or, you know, um, yeah. Anyone picking him up? You... Someone will pick him up. Someone will pick him up in our league, without a doubt. No, he won't. He I he guarantee you. I get, even day. I guarantee you, someone will pick him up. He will be the most added. That's his one game. He will be the most added player on NFL.com this week. I guarantee it. He is another Mike Talbot. You, you will have one game, and if you're lucky enough that it came on a week where you didn't have a running back and you stuck him in, you struck gold. But otherwise, he will get three carries and he will get four yards. Has anyone anyone stuck out to you guys as somebody that you might be tempted to pick up? Who 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 would you have down as the top waiver wire ad this week? I would go for, and because I, I did, I picked up uh, Martellus Bennett who obviously is the number two tight end over at the, the, the Patriots. And I think now we're looking at Brady being back. Gronk is still being eased back into it. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. He looked very, very athletic. And you could see why he was you know, a very uh, sought-after target when he was um, at his time in Chicago as well. So I, I think he's probably going to be available in a number of leagues because he is the shadow of, of Gronk at the moment. But I, I think he could be the, the one at the end of the season that does Gronk. Thing with Marcellus Bennett is he is still he is a victim of Bill Belichick. I I drafted Bennett. I think he will score points, but when that will be, I will never fucking know. And I can't play him every week. My top ad this week available in our league, maybe not in other leagues because uh, you know we review our information a bit different. But certainly available in our league. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think he is the key to Philadelphia's success. I don't think they have any standout. I think if they do well, it's going to be Wentz. I think they're nine. If you're going to score a touchdown, seven out of ten are going to be passes. So if you're in need of a QB, as I happen to be, Carson Wentz might be the way forward. 
I would agree with that to a certain extent. I think there's other options. I think you've got Joe Flacco's probably available in most leagues. And uh, quarterback-wise, what I saw from Brian Hoyer this week in in in, um, in the stead of um, Jay Cutler, he threw some unbelievable throws, to, especially on out routes. He throws that ball as good as anyone I've seen. I don't... I think he just has brain farts. If he can put it together like he did for a little while at Cleveland, I think he could be a decent QB. He looked really good. I don't, you know, just to, just one out to float out there. But my my main my main ad for this week would be Dontrell Inman, who seems to have assumed the number one uh, receiver role in San Diego, which is always going to be a position that scores points. Yeah, well, I think the other the other guy that, um, that Look, I saw. Sorry, Craig's was, Craig's just uh, gone straight to his phone and is now adding Don Trell in. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got Benjamin. I've got Benjamin. I know about him, and I'm looking. I'm just seeing who's available in our league to beat him. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not 100 percent certain he's available in our league, but he is. I, I'm I looking at him right now. Him. All right. No, but the, the, the player I'm talking about, I've not checked to see, but James White at the um, at the Patriots. Yeah. Um, Brandon Bolden looked like he took a bit of a, a tumble. So they're now down to, to Gary Blunt and with no Lewis back in yet, they're, they're kind of that passing option out of the backfield. Now they've got Brady back and they'll expand the playbook a little bit. I think you could probably see that, um, you know, White could be the, the third down back who um, could get a bit of work whilst we wait for Lewis to come back. He was obviously waiting on my bench for him to, to come and uh, storm it later in the year. All right, boys, it's time to get off this corner. We're going to get picked up for soliciting soon, so let's move on and um, get out of here. So a quarter, we're, we're now a quarter of the way into the season, and most podcasts that you listen to are going to be talking are going to be talking power rankings for the NFL teams and the front and and where the league's going. We're going to take a t- slightly different spin on it and have a look at the fantasy season and have a look at the winners and losers at at, at the quarter pole and, and where we think things are going to go from here. Um I mean we we we've already touched on the Giants. Um if you were looking at players that you would draft in the first round it was pretty much a consensus that Odell Beckham would be a top three pick he's he's barely in the top three of the Giants receivers at the moment in fact Sterling Shepard's the top leading uh, Giants receiver this season so I mean that's a good place to start do you think that that's a trend that's going to continue um having had a, a little look at the um at the numbers for who would be the the starting receivers and there's a bit of an alarming trend that you've got guys that the expectations were very high. I mean, Odell Beckham was one of the guys that we mentioned, and I, I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if between Cruz and Shepard, they snaffle up a fair bit of his production because they can do a job as well. But you look at the, the one that I think um, probably on a par with Odell Beckham is um, DeAndre Hopkins. He just looks like he has not been at the races at all and hasn't built up any kind of rapport with Osweiler. Will Fuller's looks look good. He looks like he's a guy that can stretch the field. But, you know, I think rather than having new receivers come in to complement the superstar, it seems that some of these new receivers come in and they're actually taking away some of the targets and, and nicking some of their yards. Just, I, I would agree with that. You look at Beckham, you, you also look at, um, like you say, DeAndre Hopkins, then you go down, you look at Brandon yes. Marshall, 
Alshon Jeffries had Kevin White come back. Um, you know, there's players all over that top 10 list that, that are really struggling because of the complementary receivers. So at this point of the season, you're going to need to sort of evaluate, do I need to cash in on these names and and look to go for a bit more depth, I think. Yeah, well, are we essentially seeing the start of kind of wide receiver by committee? We've had it with running backs for a while now, and we've seen every now and then you'll have, uh, you know, an incredible talent that you'll tie everything to, the Julio Jones at receiver or Adrian Peterson at running back. But our team's more and more going to go, we haven't got a 1, 2 and 3. We've got a 1A, a 1B and a 1C. I would be surprised if Odell Beckham Jr., has any competition for catches come week 16. Um, If he has, then something has happened significantly. There's been a significant change in that team. Um, By the end, if he isn't, you know, the the number one in passing passing yards um, and catches, I think it's still early as much as there are. From a fantasy perspective, that's a bust. All of those we've discussed, they're a bust. But... NFL standpoint, I'd be surprised if your super athletes, the top guys, don't come good. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that, sort of touching on that point, is that I think what we've seen is Julio Jones has had the game that Odell Beckham can have, that AJ Green can have, that DeAndre Hopkins can have. He's just exactly. had it in week four. They're likely to have that week seven, week nine. Week, when, when the matchup is right, they've got the ability to have that 30 odd point game, and all of a sudden, Odell Beckham goes from being 34, you know, because Julio Jones, if he does, you take away this week's performance, they're literally bang on par with one another. Mm-hmm. And is everyone talking about Julio having an underperforming season on the back of one freak game, which, you know, you're probably not going to see the likes of again anytime soon, fantasy perspective or NFL performance wise. So I think that over the course, you're right, over the course of the season, those super talented number one guys will get the opportunity to put the big games up and that's where their numbers will end up being higher than the number twos and the number threes well look uh, the, the the top 10 wide receivers at the moment in fantasy um you've got julio jones antonio brown marvin jones at three aj green michael crabtree mike evans kelvin benjamin emmanuel sanders larry fitz ty hilton so the big names are still at the top of the board i think to my there's point, there's a couple of surprises in there. There's a couple you know, of Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones that, definitely. But, you know, it's... but ultimately, it is still the big names at the top, and maybe, just maybe, some of the names we've mentioned are just struggling a bit, and are struggling yeah, because of the additions. They just haven't had the big game yet. Yeah. Moving, moving on to uh, oh. you know, uh, just 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 a few more, just to yeah. go on to keep on the surprises sort of. Uh, front you you look at the top of the running backs board and have, have you seen the top five running backs this this season so far without looking looking i'd say it would be shady Zeke. yeah yeah, yeah um Adrian, sorry, david johnson yep david johnson he's, he's had a good start sam is that for us zeke three you've gone you've got Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, sean mccoy and um david johnson give me david two more johnson. Uh, Murray, yeah, Tennessee. Demarco Murray, yeah. Miller's had lots of touches, but I don't think he's had that many yards or TDs. Let, let, me, let me just put you out, the, out your misery. You've got oh, top five. Um, DeAndre Williams. Top yeah, five. Yeah, DeAndre Williams, there you go. DeMarco Murray, 
Melvin Gordon at number two. Yeah, David yeah, Johnson. Yeah, he had that's been a really good. Yeah. yeah. Carlos Hyde at number four, and yeah. Isaiah Crowell at number five. Yeah, that's stats. Murray Murray the... Murray was the twenty-first running back taken overall at ADP, and Gordon was the thirtieth. So mm. some people have got some serious value out of those picks, and I wouldn't mind betting there's a few leagues out there where Crowell's still available because he's gone un- completely under the radar because of just how crap the Browns are. Well, in our league, I'm pretty sure Gordon went for the first three weeks <laughs> and only, only got put in this week. So, you know, that's a massive turnaround. From, He's I think, got six no touchdowns, touchdowns already. Six touchdowns already. Yeah, and six touchdowns in the first four from zero touchdowns last year. And he had he came into last year with a, a significant amount of hype. Nothing this year. But, I mean, you're laughing if you picked him, although... As I say, we know that you know he was taken in our league, and probably hasn't. You know, you're probably kicking yourself that you've you've left so many points on the bench with him. Well, he's also one of the ones that's benefit or going to benefit going forward of an injury, isn't he? Because Danny Woodhead getting knocked out Helps. is yeah, he, he's now all but you know every down back rather than losing the odd goal line carry and things like that to Woodhead because that was always one of the problems with Woodhead. He'd go in there for the for the goal line touches, and his. Yep. Points are always inflated with with TDs right over yards, but I think that's going to change. And if Gordon's going to be the red zone back, we're going to see even more points from him. Who who would you uh, who would you point out as 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 players that have massively let you down? I mean, excluding the injuries. So if if you exclude the season-ending injuries, I mean, I I can speak from personal experience that Doug Martin and Thomas Rawls are, are going to have people pulling their hair out, but. Um, who who else would you who else would you say uh, uh, has has let their owner down? Well, I'll jump in, and if you uh, if you did what I did, and my strategy was get myself a couple of solid backs because I've lost leagues in the past by not having solid backs. Take some flyers in your receiving core, um, but you want one stud guy, and my stud guy never saw a down. I happened to be. Uh, 3-0 and before this weekend, 3-1 and now. Really looking forward to getting Josh Gordon back next week, um, going in and slotting in and getting me 10 points a week minimum. And the guy is in rehab. I mean, come off it, mate. Come on, Josh. Like, we're not playing fantasy football out here. Jesus, man. Jesus. The, the, the guy that I want to talk about is Gronk. You know, he's he's the number one tight end in football, average draft position in the top ten, so he's definitely a first round pick. And he's done absolutely cockle. And now he's got what he's got he's got one point one points. What are you talking about? <laughs> he got, got a whole eleven yards in the last game. <laughs> My mistake, I'm sorry, but but now he's would seem he's got serious competition for touches with um with Marty Bennett in the tight end mix as well. And I think you'll see a lot of those two tight end looks that you saw from New England when the murderer was still playing for him. Ray Lewis played for the Patriots. No, the other murderer. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The yeah, the one that was sent for... The one that, the one that was suspended actually for... Actually went to prison. Yeah, oh, actually right. went to prison. And right. and uh, he was never caught doing drugs, but I bet he loved drugs. He probably al- almost certainly loved drugs. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Gronk is... Going to have to pull something out of his ass, isn't he? He's, he's got a lot. He's a mountain to climb to get back up there. I mean, Olsen currently looks like the you know the the pace setter for the tight end position. It's a real mixed bag there because you know there's a good number of guys that are getting you know that they're already at that sort of forty ish points 
So he's got a, a mountain to climb to to get anywhere near that. I managed to pick up Jimmy Graham a couple of weeks ago, and I'm very happy with that pick. After I, I think he's going to be. Yeah, well, hey. uh, what does that say? What does that say? Well, <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. I like. I think I he's going to become a more, I think he's going to become more of a feature of that offense moving forward. Um, I think with the uh, Chris and Michael as well. You know, that's not a bad addition. I think you got him in your mind. He, he's, yeah. he's, he, I think that he saved you this week. I'm sure we'll talk about it when we talk about our, our league. But that, that addition was a significant one. Um, but I like, I like Jimmy Graham and I like Chris and Michael. Kristen Michael's only good until Rules comes back because it's not a competition there. They like Rules. They don't like Michael. They're playing Michael because they have to. CJ Spiller scored a touchdown this week. Mm-hmm. CJ Spiller off the street. They like Thomas Rules and they're, they're holding him out because they want him to be fit. They want him to be fit and firing yeah, because he, he's their he, guy. He has to be fit. Yeah, he does have to be, be fit. But I think I think um, Kristen Michael's run will end as soon as as soon as he's back. Because I believe that they think he's the guy that they want. For me, the only, the only guy that has been a little bit disappointing so far, and it's probably a, a symptom of a, a very poor offense. Um, close to my heart is um, Jarvis Landry at the, at the Dolphins. That whole offense has been an absolute abortion. He's had more receptions in the first couple of years than than anyone. You know, he's just so so talented. But you just see the offense falter time and time again and not give him enough opportunities to, to generate what, what he could do. It's just absolutely sickening to see a bloke that talented not, not get the chances. Well, Ryan Tannehill's got a lot of questions to answer. I, 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 I mean, I don't know what's happened to this guy. So, a lot of problems over in Miami. And they can't run the ball, which is the other problem. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going to wrap it up. The, the last player I want to talk about, and, and we should talk about it after what you said, Craig, is um, Terrell Pryor. He he looks like a genuine genuine player, and um, it's a shame that Josh Gordon's not there because I I think that would have opened it up even more for Terrell Pryor. He he he's a surprise, and 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 relating that back to to the Ryan Tannehill thing, Tannehill was a, a, a college receiver, um, Pryor was a college quarterback, and it would seem that the transfer from quarterback to receiver is a lot easier to make than the transfer from receiver to quarterback. I don't know what planet you live on where you think that a college receiver is going to make a a, a franchise QB in, in this day and age. Um, but it's, it's I'm really pleased for him, actually. And, you know, he's not far off the mix of being back in the quarterback role. Either is he at, quarter, uh, at Cleveland. The, the way they're dropping there, they're like spinal tap drummers. He is the only bright spot, maybe with Crowell, that is Cleveland. Um, I liked prior. I think I had him a couple of years ago. Um, I think maybe picked up by the Raiders. He, he, he's one of them guys in the NFL. You can see it. These guys who are just athletes and they kind of find a way to make it work. And that's what he's done there. Fair play to him. I think on a matchup basis, if you do want a receiver to plug, um, you know, maybe someone goes down. He's definitely a, a viable option because that he's, he's, you know, he's, if they're not running it, they're throwing it to him at the minute. Now, now it looks like he could genuinely end up being their QB. You tell me any safety that is not going to light him up and take a 15-yarder for, you know, knocking the bejesus out of him. And it would be, you know, quite a challenge for him to stay fit and the Browns to manage both sides of receiver and QB because, yeah, he's he's going to take an absolute beating. Yeah, I think we should leave it there because uh, we're talking quite a lot this week. 
we'll revisit this after week eight and we'll find out how these uh, projections are done. But what I'd like to do is just wrap it up by just, I know I'm springing this on you last minute, but give me one prediction for the next four weeks of the season in the fantasy environment. I'll, I'll kick us off. I believe Marcus Mariota will be benched by week eight. So if you've got him, get rid of him if you haven't already. I was going to say, I think by week eight, Shady McCoy is going to be the number one running back. I like that. I like that. That's a good shout. The way the Bills are using him, the Wildcat and all that kind of nonsense they were doing at the end of the um, the Pats game, he's getting a lot of touch. Looks so good running the ball. Really, really good running the ball against a good D. So I, I think he is going to be, by week eight, he stays fit. He's the number one back in football. I'm going to go with Carson Wentz having scored top three level four back points. Top three quarterback, Carson Wentz. You heard it here first. Go and pick him up. Um, all that remains then is for us to move on to the one-sentence previews. And Martin, pick me a song for this week. I would like Douglas Smash by the Offspring. Taking it back to the mid-90s with Smash by the Offspring. Here it is. They start Cardinals at 49ers. The bottom feeders of the NFC West face off. And it's the cards that start the climb. Patriots at Browns, Brady's back, baby. Eagles at Lions, Carson Wentz bandwagon rolls into Detroit. All aboard, Titans at Dolphins. The only competition these two QBs are in is which will get their coach fired first. Redskins at Ravens. Ravens take on skins for the battle of football relevancy. Texans at Vikings. Brock improved in the last game. Time to regress versus that Vikings D. Jets at Steelers. With Revis Island looking more like a leaky caravan in Margate, hard to see how the Jets secondary contain arguably the most explosive offence in the league. Bears at Colts. Could these two muster one solid defence between them? I don't think so. Falcons at Broncos. Dominant defence versus explosive offence. Winner of this one puts himself right in the frame for Super Bowl contender. Bengals at Cowboys. Does that continue? Greatest QB run of all time. Bills at Rams. After two good wins, expect the Bills to let everybody down. Charges at Raiders. Philip Rivers to hand the torch of best QB in the division to Carr. Giants at Packers. The Giants aren't for real. Are the Pack. Buccaneers at Panthers. Turns out Super Cam can't do it all himself. And that is your week five one-sentence preview done and in the books. Let's wrap things up. Any other business, Craig? Quick one from me. If you're still watching shit like X Factor, shoot yourself. I will temper that with a very mild, if you have children between the ages of five and nine, maybe they can watch it while you're ignoring it in the background. Otherwise, I couldn't give a shit. Jesus Christ. The move to celebrity culture and the fact that we just like this, um, you know, Watching people rise and fall, the uh, how infatuated we get with it is ridiculous. I haven't watched a single second of it, and I have a son who's seven. It will not play in my house. I can't stand it. Yet, I do have social media, and apparently, 
Louis Walsh made a bad decision. No fucking shit, Sherlock. Have you not? This program is dead and buried. Should have been off the air ten years ago. Move on, people. It is awful. Yeah, makes money though, doesn't it? That's why it's on telly. Um, shit though, isn't it? Yeah, really, Proper really shit. shit. My wife watches this shit. It's shit. Proper shit. Yeah. Proper shit. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something else that's really shit and really bores my piss because this week I went on a bit of a tour of Britain. I drove from my house, which is somewhere in the Midlands, to Bristol. I then drove from Bristol to Manchester and then from Manchester to Leicester, uh, to um, Manchester to Nottingham and then Nottingham to Coventry before I drove home. And I think I was on the motorway network for almost 12 hours of which nine and a half was spent driving at 49 miles an hour through 50 mile an hour segments of motorway. And the worst bit was the M5 from, from Bristol to Manchester. Can I just say, the Highways Agency, you are the Antichrist. You are the absolute Antichrist. You hate life and you want people to be miserable. You have 40 miles of useless 50 mile an hour average speed limits where nothing is happening. I, I mean nothing is happening there i mean you you could literally get out and play a game of cricket on some of these fucking areas that they've coned off put these huge motorway dividing bits up put bits all over the road i mean how desperate are you to spend your budget honestly i want to find and and the bloke who runs the highways agency he's called kevin there's no other name that that bloke could have and he does drive a volvo from 1996 and he's probably divorced and his wife hates him I hate him. I hate you, Kevin. I hate the Highways Agency, and I wish you were all fucking dead, Martin. Mine's nearly as angry as that. Uh, I do struggle. I do struggle to get quite as angry as Doug. But um, <laughs> I've had the absolute misfortune. I spent an awful lot of time in London, um, uh, but today I was down by Parliament Square, down by round by Big Ben, and all, all around that area, Houses of Parliament and whatnot. And I just could not believe. The number of people with those selfie sticks around there, still, and it, still, still, and I'm a <sighs> and I'm just thinking, what you know, what are all these cunts doing? You know, honestly, <laughs> it's 2016, and it just, and it, but then that got me thinking. I'm angry. To, I'm a, no. Yeah. So, so not only is it yeah, so there's that. It's all these people with selfie sticks, absolutely, cunt, loads of them, loads and loads of those. But then I realised. What's the collective noun? <laughs> and I'm thinking... No, no, no. So you've got, like, you've got like a parliament of... I know what you mean, like a murder of crows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I was thinking my one would be a bunch. Do you have a bunch? <laughs> that would be it. But then I, I've, I've, I've done a little bit of research and there, there is actually a, something on here to, to go, you, you've got a cacophony of... A Bexley of... A squirt of c**ts, a Jedward of c**ts, a Cameron of c**ts, a Dragon Den of c**ts, a Clodge of c**ts, a Wizard Sleeve of c**ts, a Pride of c**ts. <laughs> and this goes on and on and on, on, on. And probably the best one is a fisting of c**ts. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, that's there just, that's just I, I, you've made my job really easy. That's just one long beep. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, so there we go. We now have... A few options for the collective noun for. If you watch X Factor, consider yourself a part of the Bexley of. 
Yeah, on that bombshell, that was quite uh, quite an aggressive any other business this week. On that bombshell, we're going to leave you. Um, enjoy week five. There's some good games. There's some not so good to get. I'm going to tune into the Patriots-Browns just because it's going to be an absolute bumming. And uh, I've always wanted to watch Tom Brady that's, get bummed. That's, that's going to be straight out the chutney, no goose fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, lads, let's, uh, let's leave it there. I'll see you next week. Thank you, boys. Cheers, boys. So this is the bit for the the hardcore fans and the other guys in the league. So we're week four now. Um, and after some weeks of massive, massive scoring this week, calm down a bit considering the amount of high-scoring players there was this week. And, you know, fanfare please, I wasn't the lowest-scoring player this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be careful taking uh, shots at the commissioner though, because I think that's... Uh, well, he's corrupt. He's huge. corrupt as fuck. He's worse than Blatter. <laughs> but we have now only got um, one team standing on that's undefeated, don't we? Is it Vince? I'm pretty sure he's there. It is Vince, yeah. The last it... man standing. No. He is. He's, he's doing yeah. all right. He, I, think he... I, I, might have, I might have picked off the other one, did I? You right? did. I, did. I lost... I lost... I lost... I lost... I lost... I lost Martin. Not 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 the worst loss in the world. Um, it's a, it's a tough one. Like I said, I mentioned in the pod, your you, running back came through, and um, you know, di- disappointing, dis- disappointing. Again, I'm having serious quarterback struggles. Quarterbacks well, are killing me. Yeah, you you got to look at it. If you score seventy points, you can't really expect to win. I mean, I, I didn't score massive, but no. any week. 70 you, you you're not really on a you know got too much of a shout of winning not can i just point, can i just two point or three out three positions there killed me purely because I, I i need to fill them everyone has injuries man as you pointed out last week i never i never told you i said a couple of places i've got to fill it got to make it work that's all it is got to make it work can i just you, say you, you've gone on to not score 70 points again yeah i didn't play a kicker and my former my top three running backs were all injured you just said everyone's got injuries. Yeah, now. I was just pointing that out. I didn't play a kicker, and you didn't. <laughs> you, you played a kicker. If I'd have played a kicker, I'd have scored more points than you, wouldn't I? So, um, but you, you know. didn't. <laughs> but I didn't, and it was a conscious choice. Neither did Neil, and he scored 115 points. Yeah. <laughs> but Neil didn't have his top three running backs out. Um, so, quarter of the way through the season, would you say the league now resembles what it's going to look like at the end? No, no. I think there's still plenty of football to play. I mean, outside, um, outside of the the learners, who I think are you know the premier team in our division at the moment, um, and you've got to look at that team. I mean, I, I, we, I think we've probably mentioned it, but you look at this team where you've got your quarterbacks, well, Rogers and Ryan, pick them. Your, your, your running backs, Forte and Crowell, laughing. Jones and McKinnon on the bench. But then you've got this uh, receiving call of Antonio Brown, AJ Green, and the emergence of Stefan Diggs. I mean, that is just a Vikings D. Can't see many teams competing with that. If you go against the learners, you need to hope that they have a 
bad week on a number of fronts because that is a strong side. And a few teams on a bye by the sound of it. Let's, yeah. let's have a look at who the learners are playing for the next few weeks. We've got coming up, they've got the passes, then they play the big brown bears, Martin. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't bother packing your pants that week. Um, they play the Black Dragons and that, the Sioux Girls. Is that week six? Or that is week six. Week That's... Six Moving, okay. moving week, so Louis, Louis, as, it's, as it's known. Lewis could be back for that one, couldn't he? Possibly, but I don't think he will. I don't think he's. There's been no noises that he's going to be on track or anything like that, is there? Um, yeah, we're, we're we're moving into the sort of interdivisional games now. Um, that's when it gets fiery. I think you're looking at in our league. You've got to consider the heroes as well. I think the heroes have got a strong side. Um, bye weeks over the next few weeks could hurt them, but. Aside with Bell, I think if you've got Bell, you're, you're, you're happy Dave. I think Hill has been impressive. He's also managed to get Bernard and Williams. And I think that in itself, I think there's going to come a point this year where if you've got Williams and if you've got Bell, I think you're going to be in a position to be able to play both of them. So I think even though they're one and three uh, at the moment in our league, I think the heroes with, with that running back core, Odell Beckham as well, who at some point surely has to come good. There's Bryant, another one in there. I think that's the team that I'm I'm, I'm looking at, and I, I think it's got some 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 big players to come good. Just realised that obviously, Craig, you're currently topping the the table for for our um, instead the national division, but you'd be the lowest scoring team in the international division. Points scored so far. Yeah, all of them. Sorry, and some of them significantly more. You know, bloody hell, the Randy Learners have got 140 points more. Well, didn't he score at one point? Didn't the Learners score 115 points and not win? I mean, you can only see your team out as best you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, match exactly. up with the week. And I think we said at the beginning of this podcast, if you set your team out to score 100 points a week, you give yourself a chance. Um, and it's about matchups, you know. You, you, you plays everyone, and you play people in your division twice. You know, it's, if, if if it falls on the right week, falls on the right week. It's the teams that are built to last. You will see who's picked not only the studs who are going to turn out to be studs, but those who have picked the unknowns who end up being studs. And I, I you know, I, I'm struggling to look past the learners and the heroes at this point in the NFL season. So let's talk about. Still two games off the pace as well, aren't they? Exactly, one and three. Let's let's talk about the controversial thing that things that happened in in the week, and let's let's talk about the decision of myself and the Red Sixty Ones owner to go Sands kicker for the week. Created quite a lot of debate on on WhatsApp. I'm not sure I really understand why it didn't affect anyone except me and Neil. Really, so what was the beef? The one bit I didn't like about it is the fact that essentially you discussed it ahead of time. And there's essentially a collaboration between two teams as to what's happening. I mean, I know you asked me to play no kickers. I didn't respond because I don't think I should tell you how to set your team out or what you should do. You made the decision to do that. I, I would have done whatever I would have done. But I don't like the... The situation of should me and Craig next we go well, should we play without a QB should we play without a defense we and, and having the individual collaborations mid season. Why is that? Why is that? But why is that different? Why is that different from any other discussion? Because your influence is someone else's. 
No, it was, yeah. it was the the conversation you're, you're, when Neil, do you want to play without kickers? He said, "Yeah, okay." That was it. That was the discussion. Yeah, but I'll ask. Yeah, but exactly. The discussion is wrong. But but who yeah. who whose decision is it to to if I decide I want to play without a kicker, I'm, I'm well within my rights to ask somebody else if they want to play without a kicker. He could have said no. You shouldn't even be asking the question. Why your not? team is your team. Don't influence anyone else's team. But I didn't influence well, it. I posed the question. The question, the question came, was answered. I didn't. I didn't influence his team. He's a big boy. I, I, he can make I, his own I decisions. Would he have played without a kicker had you not asked that question? Probably not. But I asked the question. There you go. You've, you've influenced the decision, then, haven't you? No, because well, I, I've, sim- I've simply given him. I've given him an option. Do you an want to or do you not? He didn't have to say yes. Which is influencing a decision. He wouldn't have done that otherwise. But the the my my point being, the only two people that have lost out is Neil, Neil's lost out because. Had he have played a kicker, he would have probably got six or seven, six or seven more points, and he'd be a couple of positions up in the league. You know, no one's lost out except me and Neil. We just decided to play about kickers. He doesn't like kickers anyway. He said so on on the WhatsApp group. But it's not. It's almost not. It almost doesn't matter what you or he thinks, and that's the point. I I agree. But I don't have the... a. I think I think it's okay and reasonable for us to have a position as a league, and if that is, you can fill your start and line up as you wish then so be it i'm up for that or not you have to fill with every position i think that is a it's, it's a reasonable thing to have a decision as a league i don't think it's i'm, I'm, I'm i i agree with mine i don't think it's helpful or beneficial that you have sort of you know uh mini agreements throughout the season with people who decide it works for them that week <laughs> To be able to, because potentially you can't. Okay, you're saying it doesn't affect you that week, but potentially you've been able to get an additional waiver spot that maybe you didn't have, or a stash an additional player to see how they got on that week that you wouldn't have had if you didn't both agree to not play with a kicker. Yeah. So I think that I think that's a fair argument. I think it's okay. Put it to the league. We say you either do have to fill every position or you don't, and that is well, what, the decision. So what's what's the punishment if you don't? How can you enforce it? If I choose not to play a kicker, I don't play a kicker. What are you going to do? Okay, well, nothing, Doug. I'm, yeah, can but what can, what can be done about it? There's nothing that can be done about it, is there? Well, we just we just agree it as a league, didn't we? We agree it as a league. We say yes or no. And, and, and how the, how is it different, is. Martin, between what I did with Neil and what we were going to do with our tight ends? What, trade? Yeah, but it was a loan trade, wasn't it? We agreed that we would trade, and then two weeks later we'd trade back after the bye weeks. We didn't agree it. It hasn't happened. Well, it hasn't happened. Negotiate. Yeah, and you agreed to it. Because I, I so had that. If, 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 if it was in principle, it didn't seem a bad idea to me. But I'd have asked the league first. No, you wouldn't. That's exactly. No, you wouldn't. What are you talking about? You wouldn't have asked the league that at all, because it worked for you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dougie, Dougie is not. He knows what Belichick thinks. He knows what you think. Don't worry about it. You can sit there and say. Doug, you can Doug, sit there and Doug, say that, Martin. But at no point did you ever say I need to run it past the league while we were talking about it. And I don't believe for a minute you would have. Well, because we, we never agreed anything. But I don't believe for you, a minute you, you would have ever have said. I said yeah. I think about it, and it's like, well, I, 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 a, a, certain, a lot of stars would have had to have aligned before I would have agreed to that anyway. Mm. But yeah, Look, which is at the moment there's there's no rules to do it. And if if you're that bothered about me playing a kicker next week, I'll just play a kicker. It's simple. Well, it's not that, that, that that's that not the issue. Though. Yeah, and no one's saying that's the issue. Well, yeah. what I, I the only bit I is, is, is I don't think it's right is having gentlemen's agreements between teams that 
can influence things down the line. That, it it doesn't affect anyone else other than us. It does. It affects everyone because, you know, by, by you two doing that, there's potentially players on your roster today that wouldn't be there that I or someone else could have picked up because you'd have dropped someone to play a kicker. And little gentlemen's agreements like that have consequences for the entire league, which is why, you know, a decision needs to be made and it shouldn't be done behind closed doors between parties. Which is the exactly what we just said. Mm, yeah, I, don't, I, I just don't agree. And I think if it worked for you, you'd do the same thing, personally. But whatever. And maybe I'd be in the wrong if I did, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think it's right. I don't, yeah, that's, okay. that's it. All right, well, we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll chat again next week. All right. Take it easy. Cheers, boys. Bye-bye-bye.